I'm Noah Batmiri, and I'm joined here by Rabbi David Silber, the founder and dean of the Drisha Institute for Jewish Education. During this season, entitled Seder and Song, you will hear four voices, my own, that of Rabbi David Silber, that of a clarinet played by Mr. Andy Statman, and that of a piano played by Mr. Abaya Steinmetz Silber. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, Rabbi Silmer. Thank you. Good to be here. So that nigun that we just heard, what was that? That is a, um, it's an old Hasidic nigun from Galicia. I have no idea who the composer might have been. I try to find out, and at least the people I spoke to don't know. But it's a quite old nigun, and uh, again, I don't know if it was originally written for any particular words. You know, we have nigunim that are just nigunim, and then different communities assign words to them or use them in different parts of the service or the liturgy or whatever. So I don't know what it was written for uh, initially. I know that in Israel in the last few years, it's been uh, sung on Friday night for Luchat Ovdi, and uh, it's been sung for other things as well. I grew up with it being sung to something else. So, for this episode, we're going to be focusing on the Hallel at the Seder, where it's broken into two pieces, with two of the psalms before the meal and four after, which seems a little strange. What do you make of that? Well, it is extremely strange, because when we speak of Hallel, and usually when we say, recite the Hallel on the festivals, there's a blessing that's recited before. The blessing is to read the Hallel, these six psalms. And when you read something, you read the whole thing. You typically don't break it up. 
At the Seder, there is no blessing, but we do break it up. Two before the meal and four after, as you've said. And I think one of the uh, interesting outcomes of that is that by reciting the beginning of the hallow before the meal and the last four psalms after the meal, the effect of it is to actually include the meal within the hallow. Because even though we've spoken about what we eat, the meal, and what we say, which is to study and song and expressions of gratitude, but the Haggadah interweaves them. And the Haggadah, I think, doesn't want us to think in terms of material versus spiritual. The meal is the material and the recitations and the gratitude is the spiritual. I think for the Haggadah, that's a false dichotomy. I think that the material is infused with spirituality as well. So in effect, what we're saying by starting the halal before the meal and completing it afterwards is that the meal itself, which is a festival meal, it also has ritual performances, the matzah and the marar and the, uh, of course, the afikoman. We don't have a sacrifice nowadays. The afikoman stands in for the sacrifice. But the meal in its entirety is also part of the halal, is part of the expression of, of, of gratitude. In this performance, in this meal, we're, we're expressing we, human beings, who have a material side to ourselves, obviously, but we use the full self, we encounter the divine with the full self, so the meal becomes part of the halal. So... The Hallel, um, these six psalms, are they discrete or are they all connected? Are they one thing with six pieces? I think that within the Hallel there's a story. And in particular, a story that is expressed in the last four psalms. Beginning, we begin with Psalm 115, 115, 16, 17, and 118. And within those psalms is a story that is repeated. The story I alluded to earlier, in an earlier podcast, it's the story about the person who has been delivered, delivered from death, delivered from suffering. And the one who has been redeemed, who has been delivered, is asking the question, which appears first in Psalm 116, how do I repay it? What do I do? And the answer in Psalm 116 is to tell others, of my, tell others my story. To go to the public place and tell others my story, to bring the sacrifice of thanksgiving, that's a religious obligation. But in Psalm 116, there is the public place. The public place in Psalm 116 is Jerusalem, which is the temple. So I go to the temple, which is the public place, and I bring my sacrifice, and presumably people understand that I'm bringing a sacrifice of thanksgiving, before the entire nation, and that's a way to express my thanksgiving. So the person, the one in Psalm 116, wants to express the gratitude and knows where to go. Psalm 118, though, is very different. Psalm 118 after the beginning statements of praise God, there's a story. 
min hameitzar karatiya anani bamerchavia. Oh God, I called you min hameitzar. Hameitzar is a narrow place. Anani bamerchav. Give me enlargement. And Meitzar, of course, is a play on the word Mitzrayim, which is Egypt, a narrow space. And Merchav means enlargement. So the person who sees himself or herself in narrow spaces, in dark spaces, is calling upon God to give me enlargement, to give me choices, to afford me the possibility of making choices. In other words, what we have beginning in that verse, in Psalm 118, is a kind of personal exodus. We speak about seeing oneself as leaving Egypt, and that has multiple meanings, but one of them is to look at ourselves, our own experiences, to look at the dark places in our life, and try to move out of them, and to give ourselves the opportunity to make choices. And the person in that psalm, actually, uh, imagines redemption, But the person in the psalm, Psalm 118, hears voices. Hears Korina Vishua Biole Tzadikim. Hears voices of joy, crying out in joy, cries of redemption in the tents of the righteous. And in Psalm 118, the person sets out to find that place, the tents of the righteous. In Psalm 116, the person knows where to go. You go to the temple. That's the public place. But in Psalm 118, it's not clear where the tents of the righteous are. And we all know from our own experience, sometimes the tents of the righteous are not where we expect to find them. They're in all kinds of places. So the person is sending out on the journey to find the place. The person says, Pitchuli Shari Tzedek. Open up the gates. Open up the gates. Ovovom Odeya where I can thank God. I want to find the place. Because because I want to tell my story. And I want to hear the stories of the others who have been redeemed. So what we have over here is the search. It's all about the search. And the person sets out. Let's listen to a Hasidic Nigun, Pitchuli Shari Tzedek, which comes from the world of mudgets. And this expresses, I think, can be within the nigun. Listening to this nigun, we can feel the search.
And after this nigun, after this psalm, has the searcher found the place he's looking for? Uh, not yet. Not yet. The search goes on. It's actually very interesting because as the psalm proceeds, tani, Oh, I'm grateful that you have responded to me. You've, you are my redemption, my redeemer. And it continues, the verses continue, this is the day that God has created, we shall rejoice. And one has the impression, I think, perhaps, that at this point one has actually found what one is searching for. However, what's striking is that the next verses in Psalm 118, Ana Hashem Hoshiana, Ana Hashem Hatzrichana, O God, redeem me, O God, Hatzricha. Hatzricha usually is translated as, give me success. What is interesting to note is that the word Hatzriach, Tzalach, often in Biblical Hebrew, is about finding the path. Hatzriach Darki is a phrase that appears in the Torah several times and in the Psalms. To find the path. So if the person is crying out, Oh God, redeem me. Oh God, help me find the path. Help me succeed in finding the path. Then the person has not yet found the path. So the search continues in Psalm 118. And remember, there's not a definite specific place where to go, unlike Psalm 116. There we know where to go, to the public place. Over here, the tents of the righteous. Where are these tents of the righteous? The person hears the cries from the tents of the righteous, the cries of joy, the cries of redemption. But the search must go on. I would just comment that in general, it's interesting to think about this. When we think about the Torah, the five books of Moses, the Torah, What's interesting is that fundamentally the story of the Torah is not about the people who have entered the land, who have found the place. That's not the story. Fundamentally the Torah, if you look at the five books, it's about people outside aspiring, praying for. The book of Genesis ends with Jacob in the land of Egypt blessing his children. What will happen at the end of days? The Torah ends with Moses standing outside the land, looking at the land from afar, and blessing the tribes. The story of the Torah is about Israel wandering in the desert. So the search is very important. Yes, there of course is the aspiration, the hope, the dream that we will someday find what we are searching for. But the Torah has placed a tremendous emphasis on the actual search itself. And in Psalm 118, the answer to your question is, no, not yet. The searcher is still searching. Here's a nigun written by Levi Yitzchak of Barditchev, very simple tune, which I think is appropriate for the words, Ana Hashem Hoshiana, Ana Hashem Hatzrichana. Thank you.
And then? And then, yes. And then at the end of Psalm 118, the searcher finds the place. That's the end of 118. Because after Ana Hashem Oshiana, Ana Hashem Atzrichana, then we have another set of verses. Somebody comes out to greet me. Baruch haba b'shem Hashem, be'rachnuchem b'beit Hashem. I cried out, help me, I'm still searching, I'm still looking. And suddenly, somebody appears and says, welcome, you have entered the house of God. I have found the house of God. Not perhaps where I expected to find it. Notice that over there, someone comes to greet me. Once again, it's someone coming to greet me, to speak to me. Blessed are you in God's name. You have found the house. You have found the place. And the response of the one who has been searching is, Eli Deka, Mecca. Oh God, I will, I will thank you. Oh God, I will exalt you. Just to comment for a moment about that verse, what's in, and about Hallel in general. If we recall the Hallel in Psalm 118, so the psalmist says, after talking of praying to God or requesting to be taken out of the narrow spaces, there's a verse in Psalm 118, God is my strength, perhaps my song, God has been my redemption. And that verse in Psalm 118 is identical to a half a verse from the Song of the Sea, Shiratayam, when we crossed the sea, when we finally left Egypt for good. And what's interesting is the second half of the, that verse in Exodus chapter 15, the Song of the Sea is, This is my God, I will build for God a house. The God of my ancestors, my forefathers, I will exalt God. And what it sounds like in Psalm 118 is that what the psalmist is saying, I imagine redemption. I imagine redemption. I'm going to be thankful for the redemption. But I can only, and I will thank, give gratitude, give thanks. But that, that's privately. What I'm searching for is the opportunity to give thanks publicly. And when we think about Hallel, which is our subject, that's the point of Hallel. The point of Hallel is, of course, we're obligated to be grateful for whoever helps us. But there's different ways to express the gratitude. One is privately. But the Hallel, parts of which are, respond, are recited responsively, is a different kind of expression of gratitude. It's the gratitude not just of an individual, but of a person who feels part of a larger community and wants to join a community that is grateful. And that's the search in Psalm 118. And that's the obligation, the special obligation of Hallel at the Seder. Because what the Seder is about at the end of the day is about community, coming together. A common history, a common understanding of responsibility, and a sharing of stories and an expression, a communal expression of gratitude. And yes, at the end of Psalm 118, finally, the greeter comes to the door and says, Welcome, you've come to God's house. Let's listen to a joyous nigun from the, from the Hasidic sect of Melitz, a dance, which is appropriate to the end of Psalm 118. <laughs> 